the British Broadcasting Corporation, in association with the Five Star Theater, proudly present the Marx Brothers in Flywheel, Shyster, and Flywheel. Merry Christmas. Donation for the poor, sir. And the same to you. Happy Easter. Happy Easter, everybody. Gravelli, it's Christmas Day. What do you think you're doing? Sure, I know that, but I figure that everyone, they sick of Christmas by now. They look forward to Easter. Anyhow, it ain't my fault the stores were out of Santa suits and I had to get the Easter bunny. Maybe that's why we've hardly collected any money so far. So, how much you got in your bucket? Well, let's see. Uh, one, two, uh, one dime, two French francs, and a collar button. <laughs> then I do much better than you. Really? What have you got? Two collar buttons and a cufflink. You know, maybe the real reason we're not collecting anything is passers-by take one look at you ringing a bell and expect you to shout, unclean. Hey, boss, here comes somebody now. I try it your way. Unclean. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Any money for the poor? You two look so cold standing out here. Well, you know us. Anything for charity. Well, in that case, uh, there's a quarter for the Easter Bunny. And my very last quarter in the world to you, sir. Oh, Merry Christmas, gents. Why that cheapskate? All that talk about charity, and we get a lousy 50 cents. Last cent in the world, huh? Ah, oh, he's all right, Wash. Look, I get his wallet, and there's nothing in it. <laughs> Why, what a kind old gentleman. Thank you. Merry Christmas. He's gone. Oh, then I hand him his wallet at the police station. Maybe there's a reward. Here comes another one. Now, let me do the talking this time. Merry Christmas. Merry... Don't give me that Merry Christmas baloney. Nice white boss. I read about you guys in the paper, dressing up as Santa Claus and built in the public. Hey, boss, we made it at the papers. Quiet, Ravelli. Madam, you've got us all wrong. We're collecting for the poor and the elderly and the disadvantaged. Is it Ravelli's fault if he happens to be all three at the same time? Neither one of you is getting a nickel out of me. And if you're still here when I get back, I'm calling the cops on you. Merry Christmas. Boss, I think she mean it. I always thought this charity business was a bad idea, and now I know for sure. Come on, Ravelli, we'll go back to the office. If nothing else, we've always got a warm desk to sleep under. to do it. Hey, boss, look, it's McBride, the landlord. He just put a padlock and chains onto the office. Hey, McBride, what's the big idea? Oh, why, flywheel. <laughs> I see you've been trying the old Santa Claus charity scam. <laughs> oh, the Easter Bunny's a new angle, though. <clears throat> Don't suppose you raised $200 in back rent by any chance? 
Would you accept two French francs and a collar button? Oh, of course I wouldn't. What about two collar buttons and a cufflink? <laughs> Forget it. You two bums haven't paid me a cent in months. And so now, I'm locking you out of the office. But my bride is Christmas Day. Have a heart. Have a what? Oh, no, 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 Flywheel. I've been far too lenient with you in the past. This time, you're out. Hey, McBride, what about Miss Dimp? She's still in there. No, no, she's not. Oh, yes, she is. No, no, she's not. Oh, yes, she is. You can tell it's Christmas, can't you, folks? Whatever, <laughs> Felly, let the villain say his piece. Oh, no, she's not. I gave her the day off. Hmm, she seemed quite taken with the idea. What? But she's not due another day off until next leap year. I duck it from her pay if I gave her any. <laughs> well, that's your problem. I can't hang around here all day. I've got several more buildings to padlock, and then I'm off for a big celebratory Christmas dinner. <laughs> Say, you wouldn't happen to know where St. Mary's Orphanage is, would you? Find it yourself, Ebenezer. <laughs> oh, I will. Don't worry. Oh, <laughs> And Merry Christmas. <laughs> hey, my bride, you forgot to say bar humbug. Bar humbug. Okay. <laughs> this is an outrage, Ravelli. Locking us out of our own office on Christmas Day. Me, an American citizen, and you, not even an American. <laughs> A fine Christmas this is. When I woke up this morning, I looked in my stocking. And what did I find? Your foot. Hey, what? what's the matter? You gave me that stocking. I gave you that stocking? Sure, last night. I asked you, what do you give me for Christmas? And you say, you give me a sock. <laughs> Just for that, Ravelli, you'll get no present from me. You got a present for me, boss? Hey, that's a fine. What is it? I can't tell you, Ravelli. It's a secret. I don't smoke a cigarettes. I smoke cigars. <laughs> One more crack like that and you'll get cigars. Scars all over your body. <laughs> and remember, folks, routines like this can seriously damage your health. <laughs> Wash, what's that? <laughs> Unless my memory fails me, it's a child. Look, Ravelli, she can't be more than seven years old. <laughs> what's the matter, little lady? Are you locked out of your office, too? Turn your face away, Ravelli. Can't you see you're frightening the child? <laughs> uh, what's wrong, Hortense? Are you sick? No, I'm hungry. Daddy was taking me to my mother's, and he heard some little boy singing carols. He wanted to give them some money, and I lost you. What? They got a money for singing? That's a fine. Say, I know two carols. Hmm, there might be something in this. Let's hear you sing one. California, here I come. Ravelli, that was awful. Maybe it'd be better without the Easter Bunny costume. Oh, I don't think so. I just sing the other one. California, here I come. But that's the same song. Yeah, but this is Lower California. <laughs> California. You're in a poor state, Ravelli. Hortense is only crying, and she sounds better than you. <laughs> You want to wait? How much money have you got on you? I haven't got any money. No money? Ravelli, see if she has any gold teeth. All right. <laughs> she bit my finger. Well, if she bit you, she really must be hungry. <laughs> Ravelli, it's Christmas Day, and there's only one thing to do. 
We're going to have to treat this little girl to Christmas dinner in the best restaurant in town and hang the expense. Wash, if we go to the best restaurant in town and don't have the expense, I think they hang us. You heard me, Ravelli. The best restaurant in town. After all, the better the restaurant, the older the waiters. How's that going to help us? Simple. The older the waiters, the softer the fall when we get thrown out. <laughs> Cordwell's Restaurant. This the place, boss? This is it. Keep up, Hortense. There's a good girl. I'm hungry. I want to eat. Well, we're here now. But remember, this is a swanky joint. We must be sophisticated and dignified. Ravelli. Yes, boss? Take the Easter Bunny suit off. <laughs> yes, boss. There we go. Okay, let's go in. Hey, Bud, if you're gonna eat in here, you gotta check your coat. And a Merry Christmas to you, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say, didn't we run into your sister on Fifth Avenue this morning? <laughs> I ain't got a sister. Now, if you want to eat, then you gotta leave your coat here. Well, here you go. I give you a dime, but I never tip more than the coat is worth. <laughs> and here's the mine. Don't forget to toss it to me when I get thrown out. Come, Hortense. Good evening, sir. Hmm, this is a swanky joint. It'll be an honor to be thrown out of here. Table for three, sir. Yes, Captain, and make it near the door. Better yet, just put a table out on the street. It'll save time later. Besides, <laughs> we like to eat out. Eat out, sir? Sure, we eat out. We eat out of anything. Well, how about right by the window, sir? You have a view of the street. Don't worry, we'll see the street soon enough. All right, we take it the table, Cap, but you gotta take away the tablecloth. The tablecloth, sir. Sure, we don't want to pay cover charge. <laughs> That's a some joke, eh, Cap? Hey, Cap? I'll just get you a menu, sir. Oh, one moment, Captain. Do you serve children? Yes, of course, sir. Well, put this one over a slow flame and let me know when she's done. <laughs> As I said, sir, I'll bring the menu. Forget the menu, just bring the food. And then you can forget another menu and bring some more food. You ain't got no money, you ain't got no money. Ha, <laughs> <laughs> ha, isn't she adorable? She always keeps saying we haven't any money. She is rather sweet. I sometimes wish I had a little girl just like her. Well, Humbert, knock half a dollar off the bill and she's yours. <laughs> All right, make it a quarter, but you'll have to take Ravelli, too. Wash, keep quiet about the bill. You spoil my appetite. Okay, Cap, bring on the food. Right away, sir. Okay. Wash, I'm a some hungry now. Ravelli, what are you unbuttoning your shirt for? I just remember that the doctor, he tell me when I eat, I should watch my stomach. You ain't got no money, you ain't got no money. Hey, what do you shout about? You no get a dinner. Oh, yes, I will. My daddy owns this joint. Here he comes now. And you ain't got no money, you ain't got no money. Hortense, Hortense, where have you been? I've had the police out looking for you everywhere. I thought I told you never to come here. But I wanted to see where you were. Yeah, Captain! Captain! Uh, yes, Mr. Cordwell. Call the police and tell them I've found my daughter. This is your daughter? Yes, and she's perfectly safe and sound, thanks to these two gentlemen. Now, off you go and make that call, if you would, Captain. Yes, sir. So, tell me, gentlemen, how did you know to bring my daughter here? They didn't. They were going to... Ah, little of Hortense, she fall off of the chair. No, I didn't. You push loose. 
Oops, the daisy. <laughs> Come on, Hortense. You're a little too small to be sitting on such a grown-up chair. And now, Mr. Caldwell, about the reward. Well, who said anything about a reward? My boss, Flywheel. He just said it. Oh, but gentlemen, I'm afraid I can never repay you. Then we're gonna have to take Hortense back. That... Oh, that's an idea. The worst idea I've ever heard. Wait, wait a minute, though, gentlemen. I, I am in a bit of a fix, come to think of it. I have to take Hortense up to her mother's for Christmas dinner this afternoon, and between you and me, I don't like the idea of leaving the captain in charge. He can be a bit high-handed at times. If you gents would keep an eye on the place for me till I get back this evening, I'll treat you to the finest Christmas dinner in New York. Why, that'll be no trouble at all. We're old hands at the restaurant business. Wash, don't you mean kitchen hands in the restaurant business? <laughs> then that's settled, Ben. I'll tell the captain. And I'll see you two gentlemen this evening. Come on, Hortense. Goodbye, Hortense. Ah, uh, hooey. Come on. <laughs> oh, uh, Captain. Uh, yes, sir. So, deadbeats, eh? A slight misunderstanding, sir. Well, congratulations, Captain. You've just been promoted to chief. Chief, sir? Yeah, chief dishwasher. Now get in that kitchen and clean. Well. And send the cocktail pianist the greetings of the season. Oh, yes, sir. And then tell him he's fired. <laughs> Come on, Rebelli. Hortense was our good deed for the day. Now we've only got the afternoon to run this place into the ground. Oh, don't worry, boss. That's plenty of time. <laughs> First, we've got to get rid of some of these customers. They're eating too much, and I want there to be plenty left for us tonight. Now get to that piano, Rebelli. It's time for the floor show. And time for the customers to meet their new managers. Now, friends, Christmas Day comes but once a year. But then so do the other 351 days, so what the fuss is, I don't know. But where will Christmas be without its traditions? Sleigh bells in the snow, the holly, the ivy, the fun of kissing under the mistletoe, and the added fun if holly and ivy are there too. <laughs> Listening to the carol singers in the street below, just as the water hits them. All this and more goes to make up the misery that is Christmas. And uh, another thing. Now for Christmas, there's some people we'd be better off without. I've got a little list, my special Christmas list. There's the ninny who describes to you his hemorrhoids and gout. I know he'd not be missed, he never would be missed. There's a pestilential plumber who forgets to bring his tools. Or those little men who stop you and say, I don't make the rules. I hate the moviegoer eating popcorn next to me. And furthermore, it puts me off my chicken fricassee. There's a nut who's more neurotic since his new psychiatrist. I don't think he'd be missed. I'm sure he'd not be missed. He's got him on the list. He's got him on the list. And he'll not ever be missed. He'll not ever be missed. There's the irritating singer changing lyrics when he likes. And he's no lyricist. He's on my Christmas list. And the man who plays the bagpipes till your head is full of spikes. He never would be missed. He never would be missed. There's your date who speaks so softly in a crowded restaurant that you think you're even deafer than your granny in Vermont. The waiter who brings everything except the thing you want. And those dames who say, but really, just like Margaret Dumont. That couple on your doorstep with a Bible in each fist. I don't think they'd be missed. I'm sure they'd not be missed. He's got them on the list. He's got them on the list. And they'll never be missed. They'll never be There's the matron on a bicycle, determined to be young. Oh, is she an optimist? She's on my Christmas list. 
There's the dentist telling corny jokes while holding down your tongue. He never would be missed. He never would be missed. There's the dowager who loves to talk and talk and talk and talk. And her dog who leaves a calling card exactly where you walk. Those little brats who cry and wake you up at 5 a.m. There's Gilbert and there's Sullivan. I mustn't leave out them. They're suing me for screwing up. I've got a little list. Those limeys won't be missed. They none of them be missed. He's got a little list. So a very merry Christ. Christmas. Hey, Bosch, there's still plenty of people out there in the restaurant. I know, and it doesn't look like they're going to go away until they've been fed. Here, Ravelli, take this plate of roast beef to table 28. Why table 28? I can eat it right here in the kitchen. Ravelli will never get rid of anybody if you're going to spend half your time loafing around. Well, half a loaf is better than none. <laughs> loaf around here and it'll be no more head waiter for you. Well, you know what they say. It's better to have loafed and lost than never to have loafed at all. <laughs> There isn't enough dough to pay me to make a joke like that. <laughs> Ravelli, you're just wasting your breath. Why don't you stop breathing? Now, that roast beef is... <laughs> if I'd known you were going to be there with me, I'd have waited. <laughs> now, get out into the dining area and deliver this beef. All right, all right. I'm a go. Waiter! Waiter! Yeah, lady, what do you want? Look at this steak. It's burnt. Ah, that's nothing. Just rub it with some ointment. <laughs> I want something else. Well, if you move it to table 28, you can have this roast beef. I don't want roast beef. Okay, how about some nicer lamb chops? Very well, I'll have the lamb chops. Sorry, lamb's off. But you just said... Well, sure, then I remember I want them myself. Such insolence. Now, do you have a goose dinner, if that's not too much trouble? Goose dinner. Okay, I get you some stale bread. Stale bread? Sure, that's why the geese eat and they love it. <laughs> Oh, you wanted a ten or the fifteen dollar goose dinner? Fifteen dollars for a goose dinner? Why I can get the same across the street for just three dollars. Then why you no go across the street? I did, but they didn't have any goose. Say, if we didn't have no goose, we sell it for three dollars too. <laughs> Anyhow, you can't come to this beautiful place with that dump across the street. Look at these fine paintings. Don't you think you have to pay for stuff like that? I don't care about your paintings. All right. I give you the dinner for three dollars, but you have to eat it with your eyes closed. Well, hurry up. I've had just about enough. You had enough? All right, I get you the check. Oh, manager? Manager! I demand to see the manager. Hey, quit yapping. You'll wake the rest of the staff up. I've been grossly insulted by this waiter. The man is an idiot. Well, of course he is. That's the dumb waiter. <laughs> That's it? I'm leaving. I shall go elsewhere for my Christmas dinner. Good day. Hey, Miss Gulch, you forgot your broom. Congratulations, Ravelli. That's one customer down. Only 20 more to go. Thanks, boss. Waiter! Waiter! All right. I'm a come. I'm a come. You! Hey, boss. Is it the landlord? Oh, what are you doing here? This is a high-class establishment. That's no fair. That's just what I was going to say. But this can't be right. Relax, McBride. We're just running the place for an old friend. I booked months ago to have my Christmas dinner here. The best table in the house. Ah, yes. That'll be right by the kitchen. Oh, and don't worry about the swing door opening onto the back of your head. 
You'll get used to it after the first 30 or 40 times. Your table, sir. Well, all right. But I pre-ordered the full Cordwell Christmas menu, and I intend to eat it all. <laughs> Evicting starving children from the orphanage is hungry work. <laughs> so, the full Cordwell Christmas menu. A wise choice, sir. A succulent selection of the finest fish and meat courses available anywhere in the city. Served with only the best French champagnes and wines. That's the one. Well, that's what we're having. Ravelli, bring this man a cheeseburger and a root beer. What? Okay, Bosh, I go in the kitchen and I get him one. Don't! Get by my head! Now! Here it is, boss. That was quick. Well, I don't bother to cook it. It saved time. Now, look. I didn't come in here to have a cheeseburger and a root beer. Hey, maybe you like my specialty instead. I call it the tomato yum-yum. Why, I never heard of it. Iced... You take a little bit of spinach. Then you mix it up with a whole bunch of spinach. Then you put in... Let me see. That's it. A half a pound of fresh spinach. And you cook for a couple of hours. Then you got a one fine tomato yum-yum. But, but, but that's nothing but spinach. Why do you call it a tomato yum-yum? Well, I don't like a spinach. This hamburger's looking better all the time. Then get a move on and eat up. We're closing in a couple of minutes. What? Well, the afternoon sitting doesn't close until six. It's only five now. Well, we forgot to close for lunch. We're an hour behind. <laughs> We've only get the man his bill. Okay, boss. I think it's in the kitchen. Down! Down! Here you go, landlord. What? $150 for, for what I just had? He's right, Ravelli. That's an outrage. You've forgotten the service charge. That makes it 200 even. $200 for an uncooked cheeseburger? No, $200 for the Corwell Christmas menu. Yeah, but you're having that. Yeah, but somebody's got to pay for it. <laughs> oh, you're not getting $200 out of me for cheeseburger and a root beer. What? I'll have you know that is no ordinary cheeseburger. That is Corwell's finest cheeseburger. Every individual ingredient is hand-picked. That's right. I hand-picked that one off of the floor. <laughs> Each beef is raised in precisely the right conditions to provide the tenderest of meat. Why, every single member of Corwell's private herd has its own apartment on Fifth Avenue. And that's not to mention the bun. Each day, hundreds of sesame seed buns from the finest bakeries in Paris are flown in. And only the very best are chosen for Corbo's cheeseburgers. Yeah, but the bun is worse than the burger. It's completely stale. Well, what do you expect? It came all the way from Paris. <laughs> the cheese flew here, too. It's Limburger cheese. Gosh, I think we let him off the cheese. We run out, so I use a strip of lino from the kitchen floor. Oh, you're not getting away with this. I'm not paying you the $200, and I'm not going away hungry. Now, get me something else from the kitchen. Okay, I go back in the kitchen. Yeah, no, don't, don't get me anything. No! Ooh. No! Ooh. Look, boss, I got her something else from the kitchen. It's a little mouse. I saw it earlier, and now I'm a catch it. Well, what do you expect to find in the kitchen? An elephant? I don't know. I don't look for an elephant. <laughs> this has gone far enough. That mouse is unhygienic. No, he's not. He's a nice little fella. Oops! Hey, hey! Hey, Bosch, he wriggled out of my hands. Where did he go? <laughs> the customers, they're leaving. Ravelli, you're a genius. I'm not leaving, and I'm not letting anyone else in either. Well, fine by us, but aren't you making the place just a little too exclusive? Nope. My name's Flaherty, Public Health Department. 
I thought by coming here, I could have a decent meal in nice, clean surroundings. It's not your fault. You weren't to know Ravelli was here. I'm not talking about him, but I'm still closing this place down. Mm, good. I think I might press charges, too. Oh, now, let me see. Hmm? You'd be Mr. McBride, the slum landlord. Well, I'll be paying you a visit soon, too. Oh, well, uh... <laughs> I must be getting along. I've made a terrible mistake. I have to go and unchain an orphanage. I meant to do the old people's home next door, I believe. <laughs> yeah, goodbye. Nice work, Flatty. Well, now that that rodent's out of the way, we can open up again. Nah, not so fast. I still have to speak to the owner of the place. Come on, Hortense. What? Oh, where is everybody? What's happening? I'm closing you down on order of the public health department. Don't you panic, Court. It's just the one little mouse. A mouse? In my restaurant? I'm ruined. Where did it go? I know. See, it ran away. Oh! <laughs> mouse loose in my restaurant? Well, it's probably gone now. Well, we can't afford to be taking any risks. We've still got to lay down traps and poison. <gasps> Snowy, but that's murder! <sighs> Not yet, but it will be. Come here, you two. Gosh, look out. He's got a carving knife. Don't be ridiculous, Ravelli. That's definitely a meat cleaver. <laughs> and I bagged you being first out the door. Not if I get there first. Run, Ravelli. Wait a minute, Corbel. I forgot something. What? Would you like us to dress for dinner tonight? Well, some Christmas this is turning out to be, Ravelli. Locked out of our office, and the only goose we got was our own, nearly being cooked. Yeah, next year I forget Christmas and have two Thanksgivings instead. Merry Christmas again, gents. Gosh, look, it's that old gent who gave his last two quarters. Yeah, well, maybe he's got two more last quarters for us. Quick, get the Easter Bunny suit on again. Say, uh, you didn't see an old brown leather wallet around, did you? I've been looking for it all day. Sure, I got it right here. I found... All right, I stole it this morning. And here, I put it the quarters back. Now you got us some money, too. Ravelli, what are you doing? I never knew you were a Boy Scout. Sure, when I was a kid, that's what I want to be when I grew up. <laughs> oh, gentlemen, gentlemen, what a magnificent gesture. You've quite restored my faith in human nature. You must allow me to repay you. Hey, you ain't the gotten up. Boss, look. There's hundreds of dollars in that wallet. They just appear like a magic. Well, I always try to have some to hand for these special occasions. Now, uh, let me see. You need, um, 200 for the rent. Oh, and, uh, here's another 100 for some dinner and a place to stay tonight. Ha! Ha! Bosh! Look, he given me $300. Maybe this is Christmas Day after all. What's your name, stranger? Oh, folks around here have been calling me Chris Kringle. Well, goodbye. Uh, Merry Christmas. Goodbye. Oh, bye. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Hey, he's a nice old gent, huh, boss? Yes, and I have a feeling I know the name. Wait a minute. Why, he looks just like Edmund Gwen. <laughs> Isn't this 34th Street? Chris Kringle, but that's him, Ravelli. Santa Claus. That was the Santa Claus. Oh, no, you can't fool me. There ain't no Santa Claus. Don't even think about it, Ravelli. 
Emmanuel Ravelli, also starring Lorelai King, Graham Hoadley, and Vincent Marzello. The lyrics were by Dick Bosborough and Frank Lazarus, and the music was arranged by David Berman and conducted by Paul McGuire. The script was written by Nat Perrin and Arthur Sheetman and was adapted with original material by Mark Brissenden. The producer was Eric Maggs. Next week, there's another chance to hear the episode of Flywheel, which won the Gold Award at this year's New York International Radio Festival.